So, okay, so um, uh, what, what, is, what is true holiness? And um, I read a verse in the Bible where God said that He will sanctify His name. Now, when you say God will sanctify His name, does it mean that His name is not clean? So, um, God's name has always been clean. Uh, God is holy. Everything about Him is holy. But He was actually saying, I'm going to use my holiness and clean my name because my name is dirty. And uh, in the same way, we need to understand that we are holy because of what Jesus Christ has done. But there's a certain as- aspect of us which is not holy. Um, which needs to be sanctified by the revelation of our holiness. Okay, so it's the same with God. God said, I want to sanctify my name. So God was actually saying, I see my name is dirty. But God's name can never be dirty. But God says, my name is dirty. And I want to sanctify my name. In the same way, God through Jesus Christ has made us holy. Uh, in English, for those of you who watch by the internet, the word holiness uh, is, uh, is used many times just as holy or holiness. Um, sometimes the word is used as sanctify, where we get in Afrikaans the word geheilig, which is the past tense of, uh, I mean it's a verb in the past tense saying, have been made holy. That's what the word sanctify actually is in the Afrikaans, geheilig. Okay, you have been made holy. And then it says in Hebrews that we have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Now, if you don't understand what, what makes you holy and what makes you unholy, you will think that people that live righteous or live a good life is holy. But you can live a very good life and not be holy. Um, under the Old Testament, what makes people unholy was to say, I am not set apart for God to live through me, but I set myself apart for the willpower to bring forth a life that looks like God's life. Let me explain it again. God, when He made man, He made man holy. The word holy means to be set apart. Nico said it so well. To be set apart for a certain purpose. Like God... Um, the Bible says God made the Sabbath holy. So the Sabbath was just a normal day, like any other day. But then God made it holy. He set it apart for a certain purpose. That's why it was holy. Holy for remembrance of rest. Okay? So the purpose of the Sabbath, the seventh day, was to, be, to rest on. Speaking actually of Jesus. We're not going to get into that. It was just... God said to Elijah, I've made you holy from your mother's womb to be a prophet. So he says, you've been set apart to be a prophet. So God made man holy. For a, for a cert, I mean, we've been set apart for a certain purpose. We were made the very being, we were made beings wherein God can live. Amen other than animals or anything like that, or angels. We were made beings that can function in the equality of God, set apart to be exactly like God because of God indwelling that person. 
That is our holiness. We've been made holy by God because of His decision. Then Adam came and made everybody unholy by saying, man will be like God by what he does. So, before he even has done anything, he was unholy. Because he decided on behalf of all of man, mankind will be holy or set apart for the purpose of manifesting willpower to imitate God. Okay, that's unholy. Okay, that's unholy. Listen, we cannot talk about holiness and righteousness without using God's definition of it. If we don't use God's definition of something, we are going to deceive ourselves. We're going to take the law system, and then we're going to define what's righteous and what's holy according to that system. So, what happens is, God said, I want to make man holy again. Because when Adam came, and he decided for all of man, that they will be like God by works, or what you do defines who you are, They were made unholy. Then God became a human being. When God became a human being, the angel said, Peace on earth, goodwill to all of man. A good reputation for every person. And God came and killed the law system. Killed the platform where man is like God. Or where man defines who he is by what happens to him or what he, what he does. And brought a new way of looking at man which says who Jesus is, is who they are. And he made us holy by the blood. Okay, so everybody is holy. Because everybody again has been set apart, not for the law anymore, but for what God has done. But, now, now this is like a... A contradiction. Everybody is holy, but everybody is not holy. God has set him apart, but the individual comes and he still sets himself apart for another system which has passed away. And we want to see, and, and, and what Gina, uh, uh, um, Nico said there, what I love is talking about perfecting holiness. So there is holiness. But we want to see the perfection of this holiness. This holiness cannot be perfect outside you making use of that holiness. It's like um, reconciliation. The whole world has been reconciled unto God. There's no man on the planet that has not been reconciled. Everybody has. But... Then he comes and he says, let this reconciliation be complete by you accepting and making use of this reconciliation. The the, the whole world, God, if, if God looks at the world, he sees their sins has been removed. He sees works righteousness has been removed. He sees the power of the flesh which dictates to you, which breaks your life, has been taken away. When we make use of this, we walk in holiness. When you believe it. Now, when God said He's going to sanctify His name, He's going to make His name holy, um, He basically said that the Jewish people and the law system which portrayed God brought God in a bad light. And God was not 
actually holy in the eyes of people. God was holy, but the concept of God was not holy. Because God was put in the box of any other God. And unfortunately, we see that in church today. God is not holy or set apart. There's not something inside Him that sets Him apart. So God says, I will sanctify, I will sanctify my name. Come on, come. Yeah, God said, I will sanctify my name. Because my name, what is God's name? God's name is Savior. Okay? Father, friend, provider. All those things was put in a, a, a very bad, God was put in a bad light because it was, God is, how can God be good? How can God be good? Because look at what happens to the Jews. You know, they live right, then they do one wrong thing and then God kills them. And then the name of God was actually slandered by the heathen and the Gentiles because they said, we don't want that God. You know, what's the difference between that God and our gods? Because the Gentiles had a God, you need to sacrifice, bring animals, do all those kind of things, and then He will punish you, and He will put you under the curse, and if you obey Him, He'll be good to you. And what happened was, the name of God was made common. It was put on the level of all the other heathen gods. But then God says, I will sanctify my name. And how will he sanctify his name? There's two places, one in Ezekiel, one Isaiah. The one in Ezekiel says, I'll sanctify my name by forgiving you all your sins and blessing you in spite of all your sins and I will change the way you believe and give you a new belief system by taking the law away and bringing faith righteousness. So that when the outsider look at God, they say, His name is holy. It's set apart from all the other gods. And what we find, uh, even in church today, is God has still made a common God. There's no difference between Him. If if, If you don't use a name, if you just use uh, characteristics, He's in the same category as Allah. He's got a prophet. This prophet told the people what to do. And then if you do the right thing, then Allah will bless you. If you do the wrong thing, Allah will curse you. And then Allah has also got some kind of a mercy. You know? And say, so same with, with our God. It's also got some kind of a mercy. And if you really repent and say you're sorry, then He will forgive you in the same way as what Allah does. Making our God evil. By mixing in the law of do's and don'ts, To define a human being which God has made holy by Jesus. Setting people apart as sacrifices for heathen gods in the name of Jesus in church. (laughs) That's terrible, man. That's terrible. If we can realize that God came to make His name holy. If you tell me I mean, you can have a good name or a bad name. If the, if the name of Bertibritz is this, um, you know, his kids, he, w- he will not give his kids food if they don't do well at school. <laughs> That's not a good name. That's not a good name. 
It's a bad name. My name needs to be cleansed by what? By something that I do. What will I do? I will show my goodness. I will show my mercy. Now, uh, unfortunately, this verse is not um, that I'm going to read now. Then we're going to do the two songs there. Um, it's, it, in the English, it, you can't explain it well. I say, Welgelijk is hy, wat hy uitverkies en laat nader kom. En hy, dat hy kan woon in die voorhoofe. Ons wil versadig word met die goeie van die huis, die heiligheid van die paleis. He says, we want to be satisfied with the good of your house, comma, explaining what the good of God's house is, the holiness of your temple. So God's holiness is His goodness. If you want to see God as a holy God, you don't look at Him as far on the other sides of the clouds, sitting there on a throne, looking at people's sins that can identify sin every second, and that makes Him holy. No, no, no. That is what Allah does. That is what Buddha does. They sit high and lifted up, and you must do all your effort to reach this God. And then they're always conscious of what's wrong in your life, and they can never bless you. But God says here, or the people right here, and they say, God, thank you. Blessed are the people that are called out by you which we know that's the human race, that we can live in your house, in the foyer foyers of your house, that we can live there. We want to be satisfied with the good of your house. Explain the good of your house, comma. The holiness of your temple. So we can be satisfied by God's holiness. And that is how good He is to sinners. God's goodness cannot be defined outside the parameters of God blessing the unrighteous, of God blessing sinners, of God blessing people who never qualified, of God reconciling Himself to the world by not looking at their transgressions. With that mindset, the name of God is holy in our heart, and we are satisfied by His goodness. Amen. Um, Exodus 29 and then we're going to listen to the song and I want you to, to just listen and, and just see how blessed we are by knowing the grace message I, I, it says here um, it's in Afrikaans again and daar sal ek met die kinders van Israel saamkom this talks about the tent in the desert and there I'll be together with the children of Israel and listen to what he says and the tent in die tent sal dier my heerlijkheid geheilig word and the tent will be made holy by my glory. Okay. And now we know we are the tent of God. The temple of God. How is the tent made holy? By the glory of God. The glory of God makes the temple holy. We cannot make ourselves holy. We cannot make ourselves righteous. The Bible says the glory of God will make the temple holy. So you cannot tell somebody, go and be holy by thinking of what he must do. Must do. It's impossible. If you tell somebody, go and be holy, what, what, what must be in your mind is, 
go and put yourself under the very glory of God so that the glory of God can sanctify your belief about who you are. Amen. Now it says, and we, and Jesus became a human being, God became a human being, and we saw the glory of God. Full of grace and truth. So when you look at Jesus, and you look at, because the name Jesus spells your innocence, it's, it, it, it puts you in the category of not guilty. It puts you in the category of blessed. It puts you, put you in the category of accepted by God. It puts you in the ca- category of the favored of the Lord. No guilt upon you. A God that looks at your life with a smile on His face. That is what the name Jesus means. It spells your innocence. So when we look at the glory, this complete goodness of God towards us, we, when we can behold it and we see our innocence, we are made holy in our minds. In the mind of God we've been made holy, but now... We had a dirty mind. What is a dirty mind? A dirty mind is not a mind that thinks of how to steal from somebody. That is the fruit of a dirty mind. A dirty mind is a mind that thinks you're not righteous before God. A dirty mind is a mind that is conscious of what you must do to get God to smile over your life. A dirty mind is a mind that says, what happens to me defines who I am. But when we look into the glory of God, the the goodness of God, which says the holiness of Jesus is the holiness of every man, when we look into that mirror, that's what it says, when you look into the glory of God, you look into a mirror. When you look into this goodness of God, it's mirroring what happened to you in Jesus. When we look into that glory, what happens to us? We are cleansed. We are made holy. Our minds are now set apart for the truth about our lives. That's holiness. Listen. The most unholy thing would be this. Not to smoke, drink. You see my vrouw altijd, jy rook nie, jy drink nie, neem jou kinders aan. Okay, that's very holy. But, you're so holy, you, 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 you don't smoke, you don't drink, and you adopt all your kids. Okay? You dare never do anything wrong. Okay? You've got this very, very good work, works. And then think of somebody else as dirty. You are unholy in your thoughts. Your thoughts has not been set apart for the thoughts of God. You have not made your mind available and set it apart for the holiness of God which He revealed His view and opinion about you and other people. You know, last night I, I, I spoke to Everett and uh, we said the more we think of the grace message, the less we worry about the sins of people. You don't see their sins anymore. You see a valuable being that might be under the power of something that destroys him, but you cannot 
define who he is by his circumstances. Be a millionaire or be bankrupt. Has he just beaten somebody up or drunk? You, you don't see that anymore. Because your mind became holy. Okay. God has set us apart for a certain purpose. But thank God, through Jesus and the gospel of grace being preached, we have seen the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want just to close your eyes. We're just going to play this one song and, and just listen to these words. It's so beautiful.
can say these words. My eyes have seen the very glory of God. And I'm not talking about a cloud that came from heaven. That's a cloud. You know, when I look at people sitting here in the state of innocence because of the goodness of God, I'm beholding the glory of God. You are the carrier of the very glory of God. God found the expression of who He is in you. And He wants your mind to become holy about who you are and what is done. You know, when I listened to that song yesterday, I said to my son, I said, you know, without understanding grace, that song is in the category of any worldly music. It just means nothing. If you can't understand that you behold the glory of God as in a mirror, when you stand in front of the mirror, even a physical mirror, you see the earthen vessel that... God was so comfortable with that He said, I'll make that my heaven to dwell there. You know, God was willing to let go of heaven to dwell in you for you are a better place than heaven for God, man. We all want to go to heaven, but we are God's heaven. Let's open our minds to the reality of what God made in mankind and have our thoughts sanctified by the blood of Jesus who ended the old life and brought us a new life. I want you to say for the people on the web, you know, I refuse and I will never, I don't care if you're against me how much, I will never blaspheme the name of Jesus by preaching works righteousness. Thou shalt not blaspheme. I will not blaspheme the name of my God by putting him in the level of the devil. Which says what, you are, what happens to you is who you are. No, no. God has set us apart. He sanctified his name. Amen. We can't walk with this concept of a dirty God. He sanctified his name. Let's look at one of the things he did. <clears throat> So, walking, now listen, you know, while the song played, I, these words came to me, be holy as God is holy, okay? God is holy because He set Himself apart <laughs> for what Christ did for us and said, only in, this parameter, in these parameters will I have a relationship with mankind, the platform of innocence, amen, holy uh, you know, is, is, is a view and an opinion of somebody. Glory as well. Glory is a view and an opinion. God's glory is what makes Him holy. The view and opinion that God has about mankind is what makes God holy. What makes Allah unholy is the view and opinion He has of you. What makes God holy is God's view of you. His view is your sins has been paid for. His view is, doesn't matter what you've done, it can never define who you are. His view is, you are my heaven. Jesus is God's view about you. Now, be holy as God is holy. By having God's view of who you are and who people are. Based 
on Jesus. I will make my temple holy by my glory. Moses said, God, show me your glory. God said, I will let all my goodness pass before you. For the goodness of God is the glory of God. If, you, if your view and opinion of God is not a glorious view, a view of the only goodness of God, you are not walking in the glory of God. The glory is available for you, but you're not walking in that glory. Hallelujah, man. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That's what He came to give us. Let's look at one of the things of, of how God made us holy. In the car on the way here, I just asked Elena to read this again. And it was just so beautiful. And this is Isaiah 29 from verse 18. It says, and in that day, it talks about Jesus. And He's coming. So I just want to cry. <laughs> Thank you for your goodness, my God. And in that day, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase in their joy, in the joy, uh, in their joy in the Lord. And the poor among men shall receive the Holy One of Israel. Listen, why? For the terrible one is brought to nothing. Who's the terrible one? The scorner is the terrible one. The scorner is consumed, and all they that watch out for iniquity. Is cut off. Hallelujah. God says, <clears throat> He says here, talking about Him, this passage talks about Him sanctifying His name. He says, I will sanctify my name in one day. And in that day, in that day, the poor will be so happy because under the Jewish system, your money determined who you are. But the poor will rejoice, for they will see God determines who they are. Amen. Hallelujah. And he says, the reason why they'll be happy is because I will destroy the scorner, the terrible one. Who is he? The one that looks out for the sin in your life. The one that is sin conscious. The, the one that looks out for iniquity. Going around looking, what's wrong here? What's wrong there? Where have you missed it? Where have you missed it? He says, God will destroy him and cut him off. That was the Jewish word for kill him. Jesus killed the, the accuser. The accusation system of right and wrong was killed in the body of Jesus. Hallelujah, man. Our God is holy. And let us be holy as He is holy by believing in what He believes. Thank you, Jesus. And the fruit of that is a life of peace, of joy, of gentleness, of kindness towards people that is born out of felicity. Felicity is, is actually the word... The word joy cannot explain the word felicity. Felicity means extreme, unexplainable joy. 
So God comes and He does a thing that gives birth to this extreme joy. You know, my one friend listened to those CDs that we said we want to give to everybody when we were in Palabora. And um, for long I preached grace to him. I think seven or eight years, you know, shared grace, shared grace, shared grace. But the brother, you know, he would get a little glimpse, but he can't grab it. And then he came to our house, uh, uh, stayed for the night, and, and when he left, you know, are we good friends? You know, I just, Elena said, here's some CDs, and gave him the CDs. He phoned from Caledon, <laughs> driving from Mom's. When he came to Caledon, he said he was crying more than he, what he was driving. Because he realized for the first time the penny dropped. You know, I understand. And, out of, and I, all I can see in him is that word, felicity. A great joy. You know what he said to me? He says, you don't have to teach somebody to win souls. When he gets the right gospel, it gives birth to a new life. And why fake it until we make it? Rather give the true thing, and until that gives life, don't try and call yourself anything by your works. Hallelujah. Listen to this. There's another nice thing here. It says, For the terrible one is brought to nothing, and the scorner is consumed, and all that watch for iniquity is cut off, that make man an offender for a word. (laughs) My goodness. Somebody that will make another man an offender just because he said one wrong thing. He says there are people that is so sin conscious that will make people offenders just because he said the wrong word. Jy het geskrik, nou sê jy oor. Then people say, oh yeah, you're an offender. You're not, you're not, this is not the righteousness of God. You're an offender. He says those are cut off by God. Thank you, Jesus. God is not sin conscious. I will tell you, somebody once said to me, he says, Bertie, what is this new gospel? I said to him, listen, man, God was the first one to ever believe this gospel. He made it. It's not a new thing. That make a man offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that reproveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing that is of naught. My goodness. He says that takes the just. We've been justified by Jesus. Okay? We've been made righteous by His blood. And then, he says there are, there's, the goodness of God is shown in this, that God takes the person that makes, takes the just person and say you are not just anymore because of something that's of no value, God says. Now what is of no value? It's all the things that we hear in traditional uh, uh, circles of, you know, if you smoke, you drink, you do this, you do this, you do this, then you are actually disqualified. I heard a guy on TV the other day, he says, do you want God to give you a car, but He knows you're going to drive to the gambling house with that car? Do you think God's going to give you a car? He says, you ask God for money, but you want to go and buy wine. My goodness! The Bible says, God has moved Himself 
from the category where he can be categorized in such a stupid, low, earthly, devilish system. Where the just is disqualified for something that's of no value. If you bought wine or not bought wine. Can you believe it? <laughs> For those that couldn't hear, she says, what are they so against the wine? <laughs> so, 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 I mean, it's exactly, I mean, how, how can hindering, I, I heard this thing, why your prayers don't get answered? Because you f- had a fight with your wife. Listen, that's when God needs to hear you, man. <laughs> Amen. You need to take your side. (laughs) All these things where the just, the just means fully, I mean you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Just means to have your righteousness and what you've got a right unto manifest in your life, which is peace, joy, uh, 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 and life. Now, A person comes and says, if you've done this thing, you cannot have peace. If you've done this thing, you cannot have joy. God said, I will sanctify my name by taking that system out of the way. Amen. Amen. So let's sanctify. Let's have a sanctified mind. By seeing what God sees in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for this. Hallelujah. Hebrews 19 verse 3, uh, Hebrews 9 verse 13 says, For the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctified, okay, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. Now what he says is, if in the Old Testament... If you, if you want sanctification, you brought the, the, the ashes or the blood and there was a sacrifice and that would be unto the cleansing of the flesh. And now, what did Jesus do? That was a type and a shadow of Christ. So when the blood of Jesus came, He sanctified us unto the cleansing of the flesh. What does that mean? Let me put in easier words. He sanctified us by cleaning or washing away the flesh system where you are justified in the flesh by your works, by being a Jew, and then obeying the commandments of the law of Moses to be holy before God. He says the blood of Jesus is unto the sanctifying of the flesh. Of, of Afrikaans word geheilig, ons word geheilig dier die bloed, tot die reiniging van die vlees. What is the sanctification of the flesh? This is it. Part number one, we don't live, we don't justify ourselves or measure ourselves by what happens to us. Part number two, we are delivered from the effects of that system. And what it brings, things like introspection, guilt, condemnation, judging others all the time. Never having enough. Why do we want more, more, more? So that we can say, we have made it. We feel good about ourselves. But when the blood of Jesus came, he, and we can see what He sees, that revelation 
will wash away and cleanse our flesh. It will cleanse this, the, the flesh system. It will wash it away from us. Where we will see the innocence of people. Because Jesus took away their sins. Where we will find natural love for people. Where under the flesh, we are robbed from all of that. Under the flesh, we are where Paul said he was when he was under the law. Fleshly. He said, the good that I want to do, I can't do it. Because there's a power in me that stops me to do it. Called the flesh. Said the, the, Paul said, the flesh uses the law to manifest sin and makes me a victim. Imagine this. Imagine you suffer from depression. Okay? And now, you even on top of that get condemned because you've got depression. You're going to suffer. Even worse. I mean, it's depression upon depression. It is even God with His power, or the power of His holy book, the Bible, reinforcing your guilt. Because you see God from the perspective of, I, if I don't feel good every day, then God has disqualified me. No, no, no. I believe in feeling good every day. And that is the fruit of His goodness and His love and His mercy. But should it be that a day comes or five days come where you don't feel that good? Thank God that my mind is holy by not thinking that this can define me. Because I'm holy as what He is holy. You've got a hundred thousand rand in the bank. Glory, hallelujah. And then there's nothing again later. What now? Now you feel, oh God, what have I done wrong? Listen, be holy as God is holy. Because God does not say, what have I done wrong? He has removed the one that looks for iniquity. He has removed the one that says, because of this little thing, you've been disqualified. He's removed the one that disqualifies the just for something that's of no value. I heard on TV the guy say, you want these Smiths in your house? You know, the kids, I don't know, there's maybe a movie Smurfs or something. I never wanted to watch the movie until I saw it. He didn't speak in games, and now I want to go and watch the Smurf movie. <laughs> these Smurfs are from the devil, you know. And these Smurfs are going to, uh, if that's in your house, God cannot bless you. Listen, I sat there. You know what I felt the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, do you know how big a Smurf is? <laughs> He says, do you think a smurf can move me? A smurf move the creator of the heaven and the earth. A smurf is just, a smurf doesn't exist, hallelujah. A smurf is a thought. There's not a thing like a smurf. But the smurf, the brother preaches that is very unholy in his thoughts. He's a sinner. He's tramping underfoot the blood of Jesus. The stupidity of a smith moving the Creator who gave His Son and revealed His glory and His goodness in a human being. 
died on a cross has got the power to raise something that's dead into life. Called the resurrection power of God. And now somebody wants to come with an unholy thought and Jesus through that came and made us righteous and then he wants to say, use a smurf, (laughs) which is something that's of nothing and disqualify the just. What are you busy with? Let's have our thoughts holy. Set apart for the finished work of Jesus Christ and not the rubbish of this world. I believe in walking in holiness. I believe in making your members, your body, the place where you say, God, if you, you, you've shown your holiness in Jesus, you've shown your glory, but this body, this mind, these hands, these feet, my family is set apart for your holiness. And we will see the holiness of God give birth to the nature of God manifesting in our families. You know, the, the jailer, in the book of Acts, when, when the jail was opened up and everything, and then nobody walked out. Do you remember when the earth shook? And, and then Paul said, don't harm yourself. Because that time it worked like this. If somebody escaped, they killed the jailer. You're going to pay with your life, you know. Just a little bit. Uh, I also thought, I think they must privatize the police. And then uh, pay, pay these private companies per scalum what they'll you know it? And then I think it will work. Well, anyway, so here was this jailer. He was there. And he, was, he, he, he sat there and he was so afraid. He wanted to kill himself. He said, don't harm yourself. We are still all here. Then he said, what must I do to be saved? He says, believe on the Lord. And you and your family shall be saved. Did he say, confess your sin? He didn't even say that. He didn't say, confess your sin, stop it, bring the smurfs, let's burn them. And then... (laughs) Then God might save you if you continue and never allow... Any forefather thing close to your house. My goodness, man. No, 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 no. He was so secure in the power of God's resurrection that he said, if you believe this, it is so powerful, I know it will infect the belief of your whole family and you all shall be saved. Isn't that beautiful? That is the goodness of God. That is the glorious gospel of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are sanctified unto the cleansing of the flesh. It says, we have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Unholiness would be to pollute your mind with a mindset of justification by works. Amen. The fruit of unholiness would be things like 
murder, hatred, drunkenness, and all those things. That would be the fruit of the flesh. That would be the fruit of unholiness. Unholiness is the mindset of, I am defined by what I do. That's unholy. The fruit of that unholiness would be, it's mentioned in, in, in Galatians 5. He says the fruit of the flesh are these. And he mentions a lot of sins. And he says what's not even mentioned here, what's bad. It's the fruit of being in the mindset of unholiness or having an unholy, unhealthy mindset. So, an unholy mindset brings forth fruit. The fruit, the bad fruit, cannot make you unholy. You in your mind have already been made unholy by the wrong thing you believe and now you're seeing the fruit of it. Now, if we start to think these bad things can make us unholy, we are taking God and, and, and putting Him in a battle with the devil. God is not in a battle with the devil. He has conquered the devil. Made him an open shame. Defeated him completely. Took away all his armor. He disarmed him. He took away the armor of Satan. The armor of Satan was the message of your disqualification and laws. That was the armor the devil used to disqualify you, get you guilty in your mind. So that you can be so busy with what you need to do for God to just get out a smile again. I spoke on spiritual warfare. The first message was broadcast last night. We must go and look on the emails what we got from people. But I spoke on spiritual warfare. I said, listen, man, if you are still binding the devil over the town, or the strong man over the town, thinking that if I come now and I bind the strong man, that is a sign that you've lost the battle. Because if we can realize that the strong man is the system of works righteousness and not some demon somewhere. The demon and the devil wants to get you to a place where you disqualify yourself, get your mind into unholiness, where you don't believe what God believes about you, that will have a certain fruit. Then he will focus on this fruit. He will focus on this fruit and say, use your willpower to change this. Use your willpower to change this. Use your willpower to change this. And you will try to live a holy life in the name of the devil all your life. Come on. I know this is radical stuff. But if you want to see the end of that fruit, first the Bible says, sanctify your mind. The Bible says, be transformed in the spirit of your mind. Spirit is a vital principle. Be transformed in the principle on, from where you think about your life. The principle from where I think about my life and about you and about my family and everywhere around me is this principle. One man represents all. One man, Jesus, obeyed on everybody's behalf. He died on everybody's behalf. And brought holiness as a free gift to everybody. Brought innocence for everybody. And when I look into the goodness of God, which is Jesus, I am seeing, looking in a mirror. Hallelujah. So I'm not against holiness. I'm for holiness. But I'm against against the definition that holiness is defined by your works. 
let us be very holy. As holy as what God is. If God says, if God says be holy as what I am holy. How can that be defined in works? Who will get it right? God will not give a command that you cannot do. I can do. I can be holy as what God is holy. I can be set apart for the grace message and what Christ has done as much as what God is set apart for it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Having my mind set on this good news of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, man. Thank God for His love. Thank God for His grace. Thank God that we can look into His glorious liberty and see ourselves and see people. Amen. We just want to see more and more people hear this message. This is what liberates us. This is what gives us an absolute sense of, man, I never knew how valuable I am. Oh, God, this makes God great. Amen. Imagine you live a good life in this world, a very good life. But the good life is not born from the promise. It's born from the flesh. Let me just explain. Imagine you live a very good life, but the good life does not come from the realization of what Christ has done, but obligation through do's and don'ts, moots and moonies. You might say this, and, but Bert, you know, how must I then live in everyday life? What about if somebody does this or somebody does that? How do I deal with it? What I found in my own life <clears throat> is there's not a recipe. If a beggar comes to your door and he begs, what must I do? There's no recipe. You know, because the, the Jesus, the one time when the people were hungry, he gave them all food. Then when they came and they begged, they said, they said we want bread. He says, man, labor for the bread that will last into eternity, which is belief in Jesus. And he sent them home hungry. The one day he gave food, the next day he didn't. The legalist will say, oh yeah, you see, God cannot provide if your motive is not pure. <laughs> but then Jesus, would, Jesus told another parable. There was a, a prodigal son. He, he was mindful of the food at the father's house. And he said, let me go and tell my father, I'm sorry, so that I can have food. Is that a pure motive? <laughs> he comes without having a pure motive even. And he gives him everything that belongs to him. Gives him the kingdom. <laughs> There's no method. When you're born from God, the Bible says, you like the wind. Don't know where it comes from. Don't know where it's going. It's just like the wind. It's a life that's inside you. It's God living it in you. Yes, but what about this? Yes, but what about this? Why can't we be comfortable with the fact that God says, I will live in you. And that's more, en more than enough to give you peace about how you will deal in situ with situations. It's more than enough when it comes to your generosity, your love for people and everything. Because God said He will live in me. You know, I find so many people saying, but we must just have some guideline. I said, listen, the being of God is enough for me. If you say we must have some guideline, then what you are saying is, we cannot trust God that He will bring forth the right thing in you when you believe in Him. 
when God said, I will put a new law in you and I will cause you to walk in my ways, then you say, God, I don't believe you. I'll try, I, I will say, come in me, but I will have measurements, borders, where I make sure, because I cannot believe you. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, I want to thank you that we are holy by the blood of Jesus, and we are made holy in our minds by listening and yielding to the holiness you've given us. Thank you that you've sanctified, you are sanctifying our minds by correcting our belief, showing us correct doctrine. But thank you, Lord, that if you, that we can know that your view of us can never change. Because if your view changes, it would be an unholy thing to think that we are righteous by the blood of Jesus. But Father, you have looked upon us in the body of Jesus and we receive it today. I want to right there where you are, even if you're watching by the internet, right there where you are, if you find that you are in bondage um, in certain areas of your life, maybe you struggle, I just feel to say these things, maybe you struggle with alcohol abuse, you struggle with uh, uh, drug abuse, uh, uh, pornography, or all of these common things that people struggle with. What I want to tell you is, <clears throat> those things does not make you unholy. What makes your mind unholy is what you believe about yourself. I want to tell you God believes and is fully persuaded that the power of all those things, the power of addiction, the power of, of, of the guilt that forces you to do those things has been broken long ago. God is fully convinced of your innocence. And be reminded now of your innocence. Don't forget that your sins has been paid for. Don't forget that the power of sin has been broken 2,000 years ago. If you want to stop with that thing that is, that, that is keeping you down like this, you can right now just stand up and walk away. You are a free person deceived into a thought that says you are in bondage. And that thought and belief gave the lie power. But the truth is, you have been set free. You've been set free from your sickness, you've been set free from your addiction, you've been set free from all the things we call the fruit of the flesh or sins. The blood of Jesus made you holy unto the sanctification of your flesh. We are sanctified from our flesh, having the rule in our lives. You, watching me today or sitting here, have not been set apart by God for bondage, enslavement, fear and control by a judgmental, legalistic voice. You are free. Let's rise up in our freedom right now. I want you just, just to experience the, whatever God brings up in your mind concerning this thing. You can say, I am the righteousness of God. 
Even when those sins, want, the things you do in your mind, you know, wants to captivate you, you can say these words in your inner being. Say, I am the righteousness of God. I have been made holy by God. I am a vessel which is God's heaven. He comes and indwells me. And I make use of my freedom right now. I'm a free person. You are made free not just by a decision of your will, but when you made the decision to say, I make use of this, the Holy Spirit empowers the resurrection power of God. And by the power of the resurrection of Jesus, you are set free. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming. Um, uh, if we can have some indication, you can say, who of you want to come to the bride? Just put up your hand. Amen. You're going to come? And we want to, I think it's a very good opportunity to bring a friend, you know, because I'm just going to give like a, a 30, you have no friends anymore because of this message. Eesh. Okay, <laughs> bring an enemy. Uh, Dieter, Dieter, just bring an enemy then. And uh, so... Uh,